Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Ben Jessel with Cadena.io. Welcome, Ben. How's it going today? It's going great. I uh, appreciate you taking the time today. I'm coming to you from uh, Token Fest here in uh, a very rainy San Francisco. Yeah, man. Well, we're, we're so glad that you're here today. So give us a, a little bit about your background and how you eventually got involved with Cadena. Absolutely. Uh, so I've been a career consultant all my life for about 18 years uh, in big four organizations, you know, Accenture, Deloitte, kind of Capco, uh, predominantly in financial services, um, helping uh, organizations determine how to adopt technology, uh, usually got progressive emerging technologies using road mapping, using business cases, and actually doing the transformation and delivery. Uh, and over the last three or four years, I've been increasingly um, adopting blockchain in terms of uh, identifying how that could help organizations. Um, and I was approached um, by Cadena uh, as part of a showcase that we were doing uh, at Capco and uh, stayed in contact uh, with the folks and eventually transitioned to uh, the role in Cadena. Um, they were looking for someone that could help around business growth. So someone who could take all of the talent within the team and help articulate the strategy, the roadmap, and also what the value proposition is for uh, our clients in terms of, you know, what verticals do we, uh, do, we, do we structure? How do we talk to execs about our service offering? Uh, and what we'll actually provide in terms of a software versus kind of services uh, uh, architecture. 
So a bit of business, a little bit of tech, um, you know, and, and a lot of kind of really kind of frameworks and structuring and all the boring stuff that, uh, that you know, people don't want to tend to do. Yeah, it, it, it may seem, you know, boring in, in, in that sense, but there, it's certainly dynamic underneath that, we, you know, it's after you pull the curtain, uh, we, we see what's really going on behind the scenes. And so wondering if you could uh, talk to us a little bit more about, about that, like in, in relation to the verticals. Absolutely. So I, mean, I think um, you know we're clearly in a uh, iteration of of blockchain, um, you know both in terms of the technology perspective, but then also in terms of the adoption uh, aspect too. And what I mean by that is that you know when we had Bitcoin um, first on uh, uh, came on the scene, you know it was very much a you know a crypto anarchistic type of currency, and the technology evolved over time. It became programmable. Uh, it became uh, into this uh, this full stack environment that you could program in a in both a public way, but also within organisations. You know, and we're seeing that kind of iterating out as it becomes quicker and easier to program. Uh, you know, on the business side, there you know the adoption has been interesting. There's been a couple of use cases where we've seen uh, uh, real adoption, but it's been fairly scant on the ground, and that's because the technology hasn't necessarily been ready for prime time. But also, you know, um, you know, conservative uh, organizations that most Fortune 500 organizations are um, tend to be very conservative in their adoption. They want to see uh, a technology that is ready for use, you know, that the compliance departments can get their heads around it and that there is actually a proven business case. Um, so what we're seeing is, is um, an acceptance that technology is beginning to get ready and then curiosity around how the technology can be applied. But I think the big gap at the moment is that uh, a lot of organizations don't quite know what the business case looks like. And there are a lot of rabbit holes around that business case. And, and what, what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at what this technology can do well, you know, you're talking about a single source of data that's immutable. We're talking about the ability to transact in a way that transcends uh, businesses, uh, organizational structures, and countries. Um, these are very powerful tools in terms of leveling markets and taking out costs. And depending on your your perspective, you know, either that is a way of reducing operational costs because you have less error with data. It's a way of also automating activities through the use of these smart contracts which encapsulate business process and automate that. Or it's about uh, building new business models because you now have uh, disintermediation effects where you no longer have to go through you know, a number of third parties uh, to, to, to do a transaction. Um, now, if you look at the business cases, and I have a lot of experience of this uh, through the, the, the companies we mentioned before, um, operational cost takeout should be a very strong use case um, or, or a business driver. But actually, it's not transpiring to be quite the lift that everybody has thought. Um, and the reason being is that you know, a lot of organizations are already uh, very uh, optimized around uh, business process and, and, uh, and, and people. Uh, a lot of people have uh, multiple roles across multiple areas of, of uh, products or, or, or shared services function. So it's very difficult to, to uh, build a use case where you say, you know, there's, there's 100 heads here that can be doing other things. You know, they can be kind of removed from their current job to do value-added tasks somewhere else because... Um, First of all, it's hard to take them out when they're sharing roles. Secondly, um, it can be a very difficult piece from a kind of a risk perspective and change management perspective. Um, there's been a play around the taking out of technology in organizations with blockchain. And again, that hasn't had some challenges because legacy technology is, 
is, is, is very hard to actually remove from, from an ecosystem. Um, so there's been a lot of challenges around that. Um, so that kind of really leaves a number of other drivers. And the, the one big driver that we're seeing particular uh, movement around is uh, trap liquidity. So the ability to um, use collateral in a way that um, you can get more use out of it or you can get a better spread out of it, either because you've got more parties that you can uh, you know, buy and sell collateral with or because you're kind of creating a um, you know, more efficient ecosystem so you can pull uh, access to funding from kind of far greater sources. So those are kind of the kind of the macro kind of business drivers that we're seeing really kind of cross industry and some industries have a little bit more focus than others. So, for example, we've seen a very good use case in uh, healthcare uh, around data management where, you know, that is actually an operational cost takeout uh, issue in terms of there are there are uh, large teams in the healthcare industry uh, who are managing um, uh, the healthcare ecosystem. The ability for insurance companies, because they have access to more information about the entity or the uh, the individual they're insuring, are able to collate a lot more data and then have that in a packet of information that can go all the way through from origination through to securitization of a product. And you know, part of what blockchain does is it offers that provenance of information, which means that you can unpack a loan, for example, and see all of the individuals uh, you know, that are, are bound to the loan uh, and then access a whole bunch of data to do with those individuals in a way that's uh, far easier um, than, than has been done in the past. So you know, I think those two kind of use cases can illustrate two interesting areas that we were looking at, operational cost takeout, and then secondly, uh, the ability to, to build new products, new marketplaces, because you've taken away borders, intermediaries, and included information that you would normally not be able to get, thereby creating a new business model. So this, these are some of the things we're looking at. I mean, Cadena itself is more of a technology platform than we are necessarily building end-to-end solutions. So um, the kind of things that we're putting in are uh, private and public blockchain infrastructure that we believe is going to be uh, the next generation of uh, infrastructure that actually works. Um, that stands up to compliance departments' uh, needs and then things of that kind of nature. What's the thing that makes it next generation and advantage yeah. it beyond what we currently have? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so if you look at the, the current uh, ecosystem uh, that exists at the moment, uh, it's come very far in a very short period of time. There's absolutely no doubt to that. I mean, some of the projects that are going on at the moment, uh, addressing privacy, security, scalability, are uh, are making some significant inroads into some of the, um, I would say even some of the challenges of the industry. It's more that the, as I look at the second or third wave of um, uh, innovation has began to subside, you know, the fourth generation is picking off at the back of that, uh, taking all the good parts. So what doesn't work well at the moment? Well, if you look at scalability, um, scalability in terms of transactions uh, is often measured in, measured in transactions per minute or where they are measured in transactions per second are relatively low. And this is both in a private chain setting, in other words, when you have many businesses working together in a consortia, but then also in a public chain as well. So, you know, some of the, the, the famous networks can operate at only three transactions a second. Um, you know, one, one famous network um, has problems to do with a game called CryptoKitties, uh, which is used to swap electronic cats. Um, and one of the problems with that is that when people are trying to do uh, fundraising using this uh, public blockchain, everything tends to grind to a halt. Now, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, what, what serious organization 
would tie its fortunes to a blockchain that could be effectively slowed down by electronic cash. Um, so that, that's, that's one thing we've looked at, is to look at the, 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 the throughput that exists in the industry today and really improve on that. And, you know, it's not just throughput, but also there is the element of what happens when you add more nodes to the network. And what you tend to see in most systems is that if you add more network, you are more nodes to a network, you tend to slow down the infrastructure. A bit like kind of cars getting onto an interstate, you know, it becomes jammed and clogged up. So we put together a platform that can achieve 8,000 transactions a second. And that's kind of getting on towards visa level, trend, uh, level amounts of transactions. And that opens up a whole new set of use cases that uh, couldn't be accessed before. And that's in the private chain world. So that's kind of the backbone between organizations within um, uh, you know, a B2B environment. Now on the public blockchain where we have you know, three transactions per second being you know, about the average speed that you're seeing, we have developed and designed a platform that can uh, operate at 10,000 transactions per second, but also can scale uh, up to a point um, that we haven't actually been able to test yet. Um, and the reason that that is the case is that we have developed uh, what we think is kind of a pioneering type of technology called ChainWeb. And, you know, the easiest way of thinking about it is it's a braided set of individual blockchains that when braided together almost resembles a rope. Uh, you know, they provide the, uh, the throughput and security of this, this whole rope, but you can add chains on fairly much indefinitely. So from a, a uh, transactions per second perspective, we think that that is going to be the, the answer. Um, if you look at programming languages, that also is, is, is another uh, uh, interesting area. And there's, there's no doubt that the current programming languages that have been developed um, have, ena have enabled the development of a global computer. Uh, and they've been uh, very successful. But they have challenges for Fortune 500 companies looking to implement them. Uh, and first of all, um, you know, a lot of the, the languages are very hard to read if you're a business user. Uh, not just a business user, but also a, a, a compliance department lead or a legal department lead. And why that's important is that if you look at what smart contracts are, smart contracts are effectively taking business logic and then writing it into code form and then you're effectively enacting that contract between organizations. So the challenge with that is that you start getting risk and compliance, legal and the business involved, because they need to be completely sure that this automation is correct. Otherwise, you could have a, um, uh, a risk to your organization. You could be losing money. So what we've developed is a smart programming language. It's actually designed for purpose. Um, a lot of languages out there are, are, um, are used in many other different places. Java, for example, is, is a, is a well-known standard. But the problem with those kind of languages is because they're not written for transactional systems like blockchain, there's a lot of things you can do wrong uh, in error. Uh, and a good example of that is the parity bug that we saw in the market uh, a little while ago and the, the DAO, the Decentralized Autonomous uh, Investment Vehicle, where hundreds of millions of dollars were lost because of the complexity of the language. So our view is to say, actually, let's develop a language that's for blockchain. And what does blockchain do? Transactions. So let's make a very thin language, uh, a little bit like standard query language or SQL, which is used on databases, which is very easy to learn and understand. You can understand SQL in a, in a weekend. So we've developed a language that is easy to write, hard to have bugs, can be read by humans, both in terms of compliance, legal, and the business, and the tech people. But then also, more importantly, and this is critical here, is it's a language that you can verify that it'll do what you expect it to do. So this is the same technique used for mission-critical systems like nuclear power stations, uh, air fighter jets, uh, uh, and so forth. And what that is, it's running a mathematical proof 
that proves that the language can only do certain things. So I can, I can write a, uh, a question to say, prove to me that in my transaction with Wells Fargo, I could never have a negative balance given these set of inputs. And it would mathematically prove that's the case. And we think those are going to be the tools that are going to be required for Fortune 500 companies to be able to go to market. Um, so those are kind of the key things that we're offering. And, and because we are the only company that has both a private blockchain and a public one, we think this is a differentiator. These are the same language across both, the PAC language, which is the language that I was mentioning before, but it allows organizations to have both a B2B network, but also a front of a house extension to their existing environments that entrepreneurs can program that access to everybody in the world. How do you see the, the public use of that? Yeah, so it's going to evolve over time. Uh, you know, there's some very good examples of uh, public ledger related projects that, that uh, you know, are, are successful. So peer-to-peer -peer lending, for example, is, is a good example. Uh, commercial on the blockchain, uh, for example. Um, and then small to medium enterprises looking to, to build transaction-based businesses. So our belief is that one of the, one of the challenges uh, you know, with existing languages is that they are hard to program people to do that. And because of the risks involved and, 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 the, and the speed, it wasn't actually possible to build that before. So you know, while, while we are not planning necessarily to build specific use cases in public ourselves, providing the tool set to, uh, to individuals and to organizations publicly will allow components to be built. So you can imagine a KYC service being built. Um, you know, I think one of the interesting areas um, that we're thinking about is if you look at the API economy, which is effectively a phenomenon whereby uh, organizations are providing access to um, uh, their transactions and data, you're going to see some interesting synergies. So, you know, if I'm BBVA Countess, for example, it's a very famous example of a bank that has opened up their platform uh, so organizations can build on top. Um, what they've managed to achieve is a big uh, scalability enhancement. So in the same way that Apple App Store has 1.1 million App Store, uh, apps on its App Store, not because they built them all, but they, gave, they provided tools, we see organizations, whether they be banks or in other areas, providing these tools in terms of smart contracts that can access certain data and transaction capabilities on the platform and then can be leveraged and built upon uh, using this. So we see this as the next iteration of the API economy in terms of being able to then extend your services as an organization. That doesn't have to be an organization itself. It can be person-to-person uh, -person or entity-to-entity. -entity. But I think lending and access to financial services, particularly the underbanked, um, is going to be one of the, kind of the killer apps in, uh, in public, you know, regardless of if it's Kadena or, or another platform. Oh, very good. What, what do you see as the future of this, uh, the programming language that you're, you're mentioning and it evolving to help the blockchain? And we, and we have very lofty goals with, with the programming language. Um, we to give you a little bit of context why this came about. So one of our co-founders called Stuart Popejoy uh, used to work at JP Morgan. Um, and one of his roles was to work with traders um, which is never an enviable position for any technologist because of the dynamics involving trading. And the traders uh, would used to develop orders from their clients uh, to execute certain investment algorithms based on what the market does. And whereas before they had a rather cumbersome, long process that took you know, weeks, if not months, to satisfy this, uh, what Stuart did is built a programming language, put it in the hands of traders, so they could effectively, on the fly, write code uh, to satisfy their, uh, their client's needs that could be live in minutes rather than months. Uh, and that was a key breakthrough because providing tools 
to non-programmers uh, vastly in, increases your speed to market and your and, and your value. So we've taken those principles and built a language around those principles, which is, which is the pack programming language. Now, you know, it, what it does is it's effectively uh, very similar to SQL in terms of it's about transacting. It's about updating accounts, which in the end is kind of really what blockchain is meant for in terms of a transactional system. Now, it doesn't have to just be used in, in, in blockchain. We're certainly using it for our private chain and then for a public chain. But also, we see this being as uh, a programming language that can be used for any transactional system as well. So, you know, this could run on or with database systems. This could run on Excel spreadsheets if you're a, if you're a trader or involved in a, a, a role which involves a lot of uh, spreadsheet analysis. Um, you know, so this could eventually become the new SQL, new structured query language. Now, what we've done is we've open sourced this language. So, you know, we'll continue to develop this language because there's, there's huge benefits to us as well as the industry. But we're excited for this to be adopted by the industry as a whole. And that may be blockchain projects, or it might be high availability, uh, transactional systems, um, and analytical databases and transaction-based databases as well. So that's a, that's a very exciting uh, journey that we're going on with our language, particularly because uh, we've given over the, uh, the, the reins to, uh, you know, effectively six and a half billion people uh, in, insofar as it has a uh, global reach. Nice. And so when you have the mass of the crowd, um, I recently heard a comparison having a, having a large crowd involved uh, will outweigh a genius in the, in the territory. So that's a, a fantastic way to, to get things rolling. So where do you see your company going in the next few years, maybe 2019 and beyond? So we will be launching our, our token and that will be uh, launched and be uh, mineable, you know, by the, the global community of miners, you know, who'll be able to benefit from the utility of the token through being able to build transactional systems. So on the public side, now a lot of our focus is on um, being able to do that launch and then ensuring adoption. Now, at the moment, we're traveling around the world, uh, getting everybody excited about the pack programming language and the blockchain itself, putting it into people's hands, uh, letting them understand, you know, the simplicity but power uh, that, that's uh, uh, inherent in this platform. Uh, but then also similarly, you know, we're also looking at the private blockchain uh, piece. You know, and we have paying Fortune 500 clients today who in a number of different use cases and verticals. So what we're intending to do is to continue building out some of the vertical solutions uh, with our partners. So, you know, some of them have taken, uh, you know, an approach of uh, pilot. Some of them are now moving from pilot to consortia building and then, you know, eventually to a fully fledged product, uh, product that's kind of out in the market and, and being used. So, you know, our role with that is, is, is uh, primarily around technical adoption and providing the platform. So we'll continue in the private, um, you know, chain world to provide that platform, provide technical adoption support, but then increasingly, depending on the use case and the, and the context, we may get more involved in the solutioning of very specific uh, solutions to business problems. Um, or we may be using some channel partners to actually provide a lot of that development um, uh, themselves. So, you know, I see kind of really kind of three lenses there. Public very much kind of being the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the focus and the drive at the moment supported by PAC, and then with you know, continuing our existing private chain client work uh, and continue to expand that. Um, 
And we have to do all of these things at once because they are mutually beneficial. You know, we believe that uh, private enterprises will take notice of our technology when they see a token that's being used in circulation has utility. And then also they will be seeing folks in the market using the packed programming language, which means they have a pool of developers who are trained and skilled that they can pull from as well. Private use, uh, public chain users will see uh, announcements of private chain organizations adopting this blockchain and will have faith that the platform is worth adopting because they see large marquee names that are household names that they trust who are actually adopting that as well. So it's, it's um, you know, we're going full bore in all those three areas simultaneously, which is uh, tiring to say the least. Indeed. Ben, been really great chatting with you today. What's the best place that people can contact you or find out more about your company? And if you have any final thoughts, um, be interested to hear those. Fantastic. Uh, so our website is kadena.io, which is K-A-D-E-N-A dot I-O. And we have both access to our white papers, uh, a demo, live demo of the PAC programming language, uh, and a number of other resources. We also have a Telegram group as well. Uh, and uh, we have a very lively uh, uh, set of conversations that are ongoing 24-7 in that group as well. Uh, also, you can look up Kadena uh, on YouTube, where we have a series of videos, in particular of Will Martino, who presented our public chain concept to uh, the Stanford B-Paste uh, uh, community uh, a few months ago. Very good. Ben, it's been a pleasure, and I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for your time. It's been great chatting with you. Definitely. Ben Jessel with Kadena.io. And thanks, everybody, for listening in to the Future Tech Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, in their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, 
to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.